2: is something that happens in life, it happens in sports, and I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively.
0: This is where sports talk gets real.
2: That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids.
0: And now here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs.
2: Hello everyone, this is sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs, welcome to our show here from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week as we talk about the mental side of sports on this show. As you know, I've been here for 18 years, the last 28 years on radio in Kansas City. I'm in my 39th year of work as a sports psychologist. And I love doing the show with you each week as we talk about mindsets and attitudes. We talk about focus. talk about mental preparation. It's baseball playoff time. And because it's baseball playoff time, I thought it would be a great idea today to have an interview with someone I know pretty well who happens to be in a World Series hero, played in a couple of World Series. His name is Willie Wilson. He's going to be joining us in a moment. You know, when we look at the mental side of sports, I always like to say you can have two athletes who are physically the same, but the one with the stronger mind will be the one who will come out on top. Mindsets and attitudes play such a key role in success and failure when it comes to sports. And being able to deal with failure, being able to deal with negativity, is one of the key things that allows athletes at the elite level to survive. And one of the things I found throughout my career working with so many athletes is that the ones who really make it to the top understand that. Failure is part of sports. You know, in our book, Just Let Him Play, that I co-wrote with the Kansas City Royals Hall of Famer, Jeff Montgomery, and Olympic Hall of Fame swim coach, Pete Malone, our third chapter is called Embracing Failure Can Lead to Fun. And that's all about the fact that kids need to learn how to fail. And I think if you learn how to fail at a young age, you learn how to deal with that, you're taught that failure is part of sport, you will become stronger and better as you grow. Success is easy when you're good, but it's also difficult to deal with when you fail. You have to learn how to handle it. Willie Wilson played baseball for a long time with the Kansas City Royals. His career finished with the Oakland A's and Chicago Cubs. He played in the World Series 1980 when the Royals lost to Philadelphia, and he played in 1985 when the Royals won against the Cardinals. He has tremendous experience playing baseball. I got to know him in 1990 when I was a Royals team psychologist. We've kept a friendship up over the years, and I want to thank Willie for joining me today. So, Willie, how are you this morning?
1: What's up, Andy? How you doing, man?
2: I'm great. I'm great. I really appreciate you taking the time to join us this hour. And, you know, you played a lot of baseball. And anyone who remembers you knows you were really darn fast. You could... uh <laughs> Get to first and get to third in a blink of an eye. You I think what are you about eleventh or twelfth in career stolen bases? You have something like that. A career of, of getting a lot of triples inside the park home runs. You played great defense. And you and I talk so much about attitude and focus and things like that in nineteen ninety as I got to know you. We've got the playoffs going on now. World Series. What's it going to take to be successful when you get to this level? When you get to the elite top in Major League Baseball, Willie, what's it take?
1: Well, I, I heard you talking about uh, failure and, and uh, learning from failure and uh, positive attitude and all that. And that's basically what it's going to take for me, guys. Uh, Whoever is going to win it is uh, how they overcome a failure in the beginning uh, because at one point in time they're going to lose whoever is winning now they're going to lose one game or two and what I'm saying is is they have to overcome that and they have to uh, still be positive and still go out there with that frame of mind that I'm going to win the game or we're going to win the game as a team uh, no matter what and uh, you know, it's hard to beat somebody, you know, like the old Muhammad Ali uh, saying was, when they made their mind up, they want to win. You know, when you make your mind up, you want to win. It's hard to beat. And so I think that, you know, if, if these guys go about that that way, relax, play the game that they know how, and not worry about the hype, not worry about uh, who's watching, not worry about uh, statistics or whatever. Uh, Those are the ones that are just going to go forward and win because a lot of guys, their minds stop them from being what they can be in a situation at certain particular times.
2: You played a long time. You had your ups and downs in the league. You had a situation in 1980. You probably don't want me to bring it up, but you you, had, you set a record in the World Series that Ryan Howard yeah. eventually broke for the most strikeouts. You also in 1985 were on a team that was down three to one to the Toronto Blue Jays in the playoffs, came back and won four to three. Down the Cardinals three to three to one in the World Series and came back and won four to three. So positivity had to become something you had to learn to have, develop believe in and encompass your being, right? I mean, it had to be part of who you were because that failure is going to be there all the time.
1: Well, you know, if you look at the game of baseball, I mean, um,
2: you're going to fail seven
1: times out of 10 if you're a 300 hitter. So failure is part of the game. It's, It's what you can do with those three opportunities that you're going to really get out of the 10 times. So, It has to be your brain. It has to be uh, positive. And, you know, um, it it really is hard to explain to some people uh, that just play the game for fun. But when you're in that kind of situation up there and you're you're dealing with all of that, um, you have to have a mindset like, uh, I am better than anybody. And I'm not trying to say that like, you know, to be cocky or whatever, but your confidence has to be so high that, you know, when you do fail, it's just something that happened and it's, it's not going to break your confidence. And that's something that you learn how to do. And in 1980, I struck out. Oh God, I can't even remember. What is it? 12 times? 12 times.
2: 12 times in the 12 times.
1: And, you know, to, to make a, uh, to go from losing like that, losing a World Series, uh having uh broken, I don't know, seven or eight Major League records that year, my second full year of really playing and having a, a great year, and to fail like that in the World Series where there's only two teams left and, you know, you guys failed. And me being the leadoff hitter, I felt like it was my fault that we failed. I didn't do my job. And so um, that's how bad I felt, you know, for months. But then I had to play the season the next year. But as the years grew on, um, I learned to let little things go and know that, you know, you're going to fail and it's going to happen. And if I ever get that opportunity again, my mindset's going to be different. Everything's going to be different. And that's what happened in 85. Even when we were down three games and one to the Toronto Blue Jays, we felt different. We felt like we were going to win. Even when we were down three games and one with the Cardinals, we felt like we were we were going to win. And that's the mindset that you learn over the years to just take failure and make it something positive for you because that feeling you get failing, you don't ever want that feeling again in a in a big-game situation like that. So you learn uh, very quickly uh, how to let things go, because if you don't, then you see other guys that can't let it go, uh, things that don't happen very well for them.
2: You know, baseball, as you said, you, you get three hits and ten at-bats or in the Hall of Fame. So it, there's, right. there's really no other sport that I know of where – failure is so pronounced and you have to learn how to deal with that and that obviously something you learned and dealt with throughout your career which we're going to talk to you throughout the show today you know one of the things that i know if anyone remembers you playing was your speed you were so fast you could do so many things other people couldn't do so there's the physical ability but the mental ability had to go with that and that's something we're going to talk about throughout the show i'm sports psychologist dr andrew jacobs joining me today is kansas city royals hall of famer willie wilson he played in two world series we're talking about baseball we're, talk, we're going to talk about william what's going on with his life right now but also you know how he dealt with success and failure as a baseball player at the major league level you know we talk on this show so much about learning to win learning to lose learning to succeed learning to fail he understands all those terms and we're going to get into our discussion with him throughout the morning with that i'm sports psychologist dr andrew jacobs this is the sports psychology hour this is the sports
0: psychology hour
2: I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization Dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development, our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a
0: donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio. The world of youth sports has grown tremendously in the last few years. And with that growth comes questions. What's the right age to let my child start playing? When should winning and losing become important? And how can the youth sports experience be fun? These questions and many more are addressed head on in sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs' book, Just Let Him Play, guiding parents, coaches, and athletes through youth sports. Written with Major League Baseball pitcher, Jeff Montgomery and Hall of Fame swimming coach, Peter Malone, Just Let Him Play tackles the issues that make youth sports increasingly difficult for parents, coaches, officials, and especially kids. Just Let Him Play explains the importance of winning and losing, success and failure, and why it's okay when not every athlete gets a trophy. For more information, and to get your copy of Just Let Him Play, go to winnersunlimited.com and click Products. That's winnersunlimited.com and click Products. One more time, for your copy of Just Let Him Play, go to winnersunlimited.com and click Products.
3: But the perfect sunscreen doesn't count if you use it wrong. Don't need sunscreen on a cloudy day? Wrong. 80% of UV rays still get through the haze. Only use sunscreen at the beach? Nope. Anytime you're outside, UV rays attack the skin, so you need protection. And you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more
4: information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Visit www.fda.gov slash drugdisposal.
2: This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week. You know, our show's on in a number of cities around the country, and our list is growing. I'm excited about that. Our goal is to make this a national show at some point soon. You know, it's one of the only, if not the only, sports psychology radio show that's on the air on a regular basis. And I love doing this each week because I like to delve into the mental side. I like to get into the mindsets of athletes and coaches. Joining me today is Kansas City Royals Hall of Famer Willie Wilson. And I've known Willie since 1990 when I was the Royals team psychologist. Got to spend a lot of time with him. And we've kept up over the years, really appreciate him and what he does. We're talking about failure today. You know, Willie, you, you were a, a tremendous athlete. You had a football scholarship to the University of Maryland that you didn't take because you decided to play baseball. But let's talk a little bit about failure because, you know, you've mentioned to me you, you really didn't lose very much when you were growing up.
1: No, Um you know, when you, and I'm you can say this to any kind of kid that is a really good prospect, baseball prospect, or football prospect, or basketball, and that their team is good, uh, they rarely, rarely experience losing because they're good and their team's good. So when you become a uh, professional or college guy, and you start experiencing losing, um, it's really tough. And it really goes to your psyche about losing, you know, and then uh, you have to reinvent yourself mentally. uh, And it, it, it really, you know, when you learn that losing is part of it, then you can deal with it better. I don't mean that you like it, nobody likes losing, but you learn to deal with it better. And so uh, that's what I think a lot of kids uh, go through when they're in high school and when they become somewhat a professional or college player. It's hard for them to understand and accept the losing because it's a tough thing to do.
2: So, how did you learn how to lose? How did you learn to deal with it and grow from it and learn from it?
1: Well, you know, when I first lost some games in high school, football we lost. I think, what, one game in three years? And you grew up uh, and, in New Jersey. Right. And then basketball, I think we lost five, six games in three years. And then baseball, we lost a few more. But the biggest loss we lost was in the state championship. So, um, you know, it was, it was real hard to lose. But what I did was I, I messed around and... Um, you know, when I got, became a professional and when I lost games in high school, I had to be consulted. (laughs) People, I mean, I was just so down in the dumps because it was something you loved and what you felt in your bones. And then you just had to learn how to not be as uh, down. Uh, You, you learn to, I don't know how I can explain this, but I used to get so involved in a game and I would take it home and you learn that that's not good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can't take it's like someone going to work nine to five and they bring their work home and you learn to let that go uh, because there's more other things that you had to do in life, but losing, uh you know, it's just not a good feeling, but you learn to let it go, and then you learn to go the next day in baseball, which was what we had to do, uh, how to get back.
2: When you say the you learned process. how to let it go, how, how did you do that? What What was the process in doing that?
1: Think process. Uh, okay, let's say I would say to myself, okay, now you're taking this home with you, and it's not good for you, your wife, kids, anybody, right? Because you're not talking. You're not, uh, you're just thinking about something that's not going to change. So, what I tried to do was, I would stay at the ballpark a little bit longer so that I would get it out of my system. And then when I drove home, I got to the point to where I could let it go when I got to the front door. Or you're talking about garage.
2: as a professional. Yeah. What about when you were in high school, though?
1: In high school, it was a little bit more difficult. Um, It lingered for, if it was football, I mean, we didn't lose, really. So the Thanksgiving Day game that we lost, I mean, it lingered for a week. You know, I hate to say it, but, I mean, you don't feel good. Nothing makes you feel good. And every loss. So what I'm saying, people would just talk to me. And uh, it's going to be okay, uh, or this and that. And you just kind of just, as you're doing your everyday things in school and in life, uh, you let it go slowly. And it was real slow.
2: You know, one of, so, the that, one of the things that I've noticed throughout the years in my 39 years of work is that when you get to the professional level, obviously, you're extremely physically and mentally talented. You're not going to make right. it that far, especially today, since kids play sports, starts on these, you know, and I've talked about this on my show forever. I think we start kids way too young in organized sports in competitions. I think we burn a lot of kids out. And I think it's, it's because it's, it's youth sports is a tremendous money-making uh, business. Everyone makes money in youth sports. It's setting up tournaments, selling uniforms, getting trophies, all these different things. and. You've coached a lot of kids. you coached my oldest son, Jonathan, for a while. I know that Mm -hmm. one of the things that that concerns me is there's so much competition at a young age, and the whole idea of winning tournaments and championships at younger ages is becoming so prominent now. I think sometimes we take the fun out of it for kids. What do you think about that?
1: Well, I think, uh, you know... I always say to parents, and I, I, I don't want to be the, the, the old school guy or whatever, but, you know, I always say to parents, if your child wants to play, then let him play. If you want your child to play and he doesn't like it, that's your dream and it's not your child's dream. Because anybody child that wants to do something and wants to play, I used to say to my kids, I go, do you like it or do you love it? Because if you like it, I'll take you to your practices and this and that, but I'll have to wake you up. If you love it, you'll wake me up because you'll be ready, you'll be up, and you'll be ready to go. And that's the difference. But I think that kids nowadays, I don't think they get burnt out on sports. I think they get burnt out on the same sports.
0: This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Are you an athlete, competitor, or ordinary individual who wants to learn how to relax, build confidence, and think more positively? Then the 20 Minutes to Success series of digital downloads and audio CDs from sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs are perfect for you. 20 Minutes to Success will teach you techniques to help you succeed. Dr. Jacobs covers topics like deep breathing for better focus, confidence building, and positive visualization. The 20 Minutes to Success series includes programs for individual sports like swimming, running, tennis, and baseball. You can also target overall athletic performance or relaxation. For more information and to get 20 minutes to success on digital download or CD, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products. That's winnersunlimited.com and click products. One more time, to get 20 minutes to success, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products.
5: Grandma. What's for dinner? Hey, honey, I'm making stew tonight. Ooh, can Nina come over? I'm not sure about our new friend. I wonder if there's been any drinking going on. Alcohol at her age can lead to so many bad things. I've been meaning to ask you, what would happen if someone offered you a drink? Grandma! This is hard. She's so young. But I know I need to talk to her about it now before someone tries to give her alcohol. If anyone ever does offer you a drink, I want you to say no. I have too much respect for my family, and I don't want to get in trouble.
4: brought to you by common ground alliance if you suffer from copd symptoms like shortness of breath and fatigue
5: where do you turn there are medications and oxygen but do you know about pulmonary rehab three out of five copd patients have never heard of it pulmonary rehab is an exercise education and support program that gives you tools to manage your condition and medicare typically pays for it so whether it's grocery shopping on your own or just walking across the room pulmonary rehab can help you Visit livebetter.org to find out about your options for pulmonary rehab today.
0: Here's farmer and landowner John Prue. We purchased the land about three years ago and there was an old farmstead on there with trees. We were going to clear the land so we could farm through it. We thought we knew where the pipe was so we didn't call to get it located. The work on our property led to the damage of a light crude pipeline. Fortunately, no one was hurt, but it could have been much worse.
2: Never assume the location or depth of underground lines. Always call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com before you start work. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety campaign.
0: This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
2: Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station Sports Radio. 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm very fortunate today to be talking with Kansas City Royals Hall of Famer Willie Wilson. Played Major League Baseball for a long time. Was a World Series champion. He won a batting title. He was a stolen base champion. A uh, man, a very talented athlete who I got to uh, know back in 1990. And you know, Willie, one thing I wanted to get into. As a, obviously, a Kansas City Royals fan, it, it hurt me in 1980. I was in grad school studying sports psychology. And watching the, the the World Series and watching you strike out and looking at the pain on your face, yeah. I, I you know I don't know if I ever really shared that with you before. I, but I, I I I could just see the pain on your face when you struck out. Of course, you struck out. You know, like you said, twelve times. How did you overcome that? Because I know that was painful. I know that really bothered you a lot.
1: Well, uh, the pain was later. Uh, it was more frustration than anything else. Because if I looked at that year. Uh, 1980. I mean, I had broke or tied six or seven major league records. Uh, you know, it had gotten to the point where, where I think uh, I went like one day without a hit. You know, you'd get five days in a row, one day without a hit, and you go five days or ten days in a row. Another day with you know without it just one day, and it was just all of a sudden I couldn't see the ball to hit it. I mean, I just, it was just, it was failure. And it was uh, very frustrating for me uh, at that particular time. And then later on, the pain just, uh, well, not, I won't say pain hit me right away. It was a reality of losing, having a bad World Series. And it was the first time I read the papers you know, I used to never read the papers. I never, never, because I would just go out and play. And in the papers it said, uh, if the Royals, uh, Willie Wilson don't go, neither does the Royals.
2: So and how did just, you react to that? I, what did that do to you?
1: It made me try too hard.
2: Because and you're putting. You're thinking of the expectations that were placed on you by others. And how are right. you going to react to so that? Oh,
1: I believed them who wrote that. And so instead of relax and this is what I learned instead of relaxing, playing the game, and just play the game and not worry about whether you did bad or did good, who won, who lost, and just react to the baseball instead of trying to do so much to the baseball. And it was just uh, that is something you you learn not to do over time. You know, you learn not to listen or believe what you read or what you see, you just learn to just let it go and then just play the game.
2: Well, I met you in 1990, which was towards the end of your career, obviously, and we worked on a lot of things like this about focus and things like that, and you had a a very successful year that year, I remember. And I think one of the things, and we, we talked pretty much on a regular basis, and I think one of the things we talked about was that whole perspective, right, about trying to look at it taking it, you know, one game at a time, one inning at a time, one bat at a time, one pitch at a time, just trying to keep it simple and try not to think right. too much. Because when you start to think too much as an athlete, what starts to happen?
1: Well, you, you do a bunch of things negative. You think too much, which is you could try too hard, which means you tighten up. When you tighten up, means you're slow. And when you're slow, your reactions are slow. So, you know, it's just all negative. But when you're re- relaxed and you just react, your, your hands are quicker, your body's clear, your mind's clear, you just see the ball and react to the ball. And it's just uh, something that you have to learn how to do, uh, whether it may be, I know some of the kids when they're in high school or, or elementary, well, I, I would imagine high school, They've experienced uh, that, and then they get to another level. And if they start losing, it's hard to experience that again. So you have to learn how to do that.
2: So, so and how do we teach losing and failure to kids? What do you think the best way to do it is?
1: Well, um, first of all, is that when a when a child or anyone loses, you can't rate them. You can't yell at them. You can't make them feel like it's their fault. In order for to get the best out of everybody, you got to motivate them. And so you have to make them feel like they're wanted, like they're, uh, you know, part of. And, you know, you learn how to say, hey, man, it happens. And then what I used to do is, you know, I this is just me I have a lot of examples of losing. So I would give them an example and then go, hey, but I'm still here. So, you know, it it's, it's all depends on how you deal with it. I used to tell my kids, you know, when they wanted something and I told them no, and they would just keep going at me and I'd say to them, if I could block out 50,000 people in the stadium, I can certainly block out one person. (laughs) 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 So, and it's true. I could get so concentrated on what I was doing that I couldn't hear the people. It's like that movie, the only thing that I related to in that movie, For the Love of the Game, when he said, clear the mechanism.
2: Right, learning, yeah, and that's where... where... I the talk to so many went, people about, you know, the relaxation, visualizing, right. getting within yourself. Try not to, th- you know, empty your yeah. mind, step into the box, take a deep right. breath, and focus on the picture. And that was the only thing in
1: that movie I related to. I mean, it was just so, that's what, like, hit me. Like, boom. When he went, like, because I could see and hear myself hit the ball, and then a second later, you could hear the crowd go, but I never heard anything else before that.
2: And when you were on, it's amazing. And when, you were, when you, you were really on, when your game was on, that just happened really easily, right? It just it just came right to you.
1: When your game is on and your confidence is rising and your confidence is there and you're swinging the back good and you're relaxed and everything's working, I mean, yeah, it just comes real easy. It's like, you know, the ball's moving in slow motion. And you can you can go, okay, he's gonna throw me a curveball right now and he throws you a curveball. I mean every, everything is going perfect. But it's when that one time or a few times in a row that they starts you know, you don't get a hit and all of this, so you gotta think of positive things. Okay, I didn't strike out or I hit that ball hard. You know, you're you're Making everything that you're not getting a hit, but you're making it positive while something happens. But if you're striking out, that's when you got to go back to basics.
2: And the thing with, with you know baseball is you're going to fail so much. And and you know a few years ago when I was working with the Royals again, one of the uh, players one day at batting practice came up to me and said, "Doc, man, I'm just struggling big time." And he said, you know what it's like to stand in that batter's box and look at that scoreboard? You have every stat up there about you, everything you've done wrong. And I said, let me ask you a question. Why are you focusing on the scoreboard? And why aren't you looking at the pitcher? And he got this big smile on his face, gave me a hug. He says, Doc, man, I love you. That, that's it. He goes, I'm, I'm, not think, I'm not focusing on the right things. I'm thinking about results. Right. I said, yeah, you got to right. focus on your effort, right? Isn't that what it's about?
1: Well, yeah, you got to focus on your effort and let the results come at the end. And what too many people do, especially in the game of baseball or any professional sport, is they're thinking about the results before the results even happen.
2: Well, and unfortunately, you know? and unfortunately with baseball, it's such a, a result-oriented sport. Every stati- there's every statistic in the world, and it seems like they come up with more and more statistics every year to measure and evaluate. So that, I think, becomes and a bigger problem.
1: And, I, and it's also the only sport that they tell everybody
2: on the crowd and the TV, who
1: made that error?
2: Yeah. Yeah, everything's oh, pronounced. Everything's pronounced easily. Eight. Like, oh, man, everybody's built with me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Joining me today is Kansas City Royals Hall of Famer Willie Wilson. I have a great interview about success and failure, baseball and life. This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
0: This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
2: I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization Dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development, our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If
0: you're interested in
2: learning more or making a donation,
0: go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio.
2: Here's farmer and businessman James Wood. We farm about 3,500 acres. There's pipelines everywhere. The contractor working on my property did not have the lines located before he began work, and it resulted on a strike on a natural gas pipeline. Fortunately, no one was hurt, but it could have been much worse. Never assume the location or depth of underground lines. Always call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com before you start work. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety Campaign.
3: But the perfect sunscreen doesn't count if you use it wrong. Don't need sunscreen on a cloudy day? Wrong. 80% of UV rays still get through the haze. Only use sunscreen at the beach? Nope. Anytime you're outside, UV rays attack the skin, so you need protection. And you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equals healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration.
0: This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
2: Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. My guest today is Kansas City Royals Hall of Famer Willie Wilson. Great guy. I've known him for a long time. Gosh, how long have I known you now? 29 years. Oh, my God. That's a long it's time. It's been a while. And you'll still talk yeah, to me. Yeah, you're old. That, that's even better. <laughs> I guess I, I'll still talk to you. I don't know how we have to look at that. <laughs> uh, thanks for joining me. You know me we're today, the West. same age, right? Yeah, we are the same age. Right. Wait, I think you're. Uh, I'm six months older than you, so... Yeah, you're superior. old guy. Yeah, I know. I'm an old guy. All right. You know, this has been fun talking to you today because, of course, I've known you for a long time. But I think you're, you're giving our listeners a lot of insight. Um, let me ask you this about kids' sports today. Because you've got kids. You've coached. You've been around a lot of kids. Are we pushing kids to start playing sports in an organized fashion at too young of an age? You mentioned earlier playing several sports. But do you think we're... We're getting organized sports going too, at, at too young of an age and putting too much pressure on kids to win championships and travel these tournaments at seven and eight years of age. What do you think about all that?
1: Well, you know, I, uh, I'm not the one to be the judge of anything, but uh, I always think that uh, playing sports is kind of up to the kid. Uh, the father or the mom can, you know, uh, put sports out in front of the child and the child's going to pick the one he basically wants. And I feel like uh if more parents, and I'm not trying to down parents because all they're doing is loving their kid, but, you know, if they would let the kid choose, then it would probably solve a lot of things and we wouldn't have too many people arguing at umpires, you know, for an eight-year-old's game. Um, but I think winning is something that's... uh It's part of the 2019, 2020, uh, the way uh, it's going around. Winning is something that uh, everybody wants to do and everybody thinks that they can do. And you got to lose a little bit before you can win. And I think uh, losing makes you humble. And I think that uh, when you win, it it, uh, doesn't make you better than anybody else. It just makes you a winner. But I think kids are going to, Want to win because they see their teams on TV. Want to win, and uh, when you win, uh, they want you to win all the time. But sometimes you're going to lose, and it—you uh, know—losing is not just for the the kids or the parents. And if you're a fan, it's your reaction too. So there's so, a lot. of Well, things okay, going along on.
2: along those lines, and then give me your definition of winning, and give me your definition of losing. Oh wow. Putting you, Put you you spot, spot, you? putting you on the spot, putting uh, you on
1: the spot. Winning. Let's see. If we're talking sports, uh, I just think it all depends what level you're at. Uh, as far as winnings concerned, as far as uh, records are concerned, that's great for uh, history, and, and you got a record. But I think winning is just being there, um, uh, surviving, doing the experience, uh, and, and, and knowing that you're capable of doing it. Losing is not trying. If you're not trying to get that experience, if you're not trying to uh, get a feeling, you, you're just losing. And then if you're talking about life, it's basically the same thing.
2: You're, you're trying and losing is not. How do we teach losing basically. to kids? What do you think the best way to do it is?
1: Well, the only way I think you can teach him is to uh, participate in something. And then if they lose, uh, as a parent or as a coach, uh, you teach them how to, uh, lose gracefully. Um, Nobody likes it. I certainly didn't like it. It was something that I I wasn't used to doing, and I don't like it to this day. But if someone beats you, you have to learn to say, hey, that person was better than me today, and I'm going to give them a good handshake and a clap. And, uh, hey, next time, I'm going to get you.
2: I think we need to teach kids at young ages. To learn how to deal with losing in a positive way, meaning that it's part of life, it's part of the experiences we have, and not to be scared of it and afraid for it and run for it, but as we say in our book, embrace it. And what I mean, what we mean by that, is, you know, everybody's going to fail and screw up, but how do you overcome that? How do you resolve that? You've had to deal with that not just in baseball, but in life, and you've overcome a lot of things, and you survived it. And so I think doesn't
1: yeah, but it's how you deal with people, Doc, too. Well, yes, you know I mean, you know you can deal with people you can lose and and you know be the nicest guy in the world, or you can win and be the messed up guy in the world. It's the way you deal with the losing and the winning. you don't take too much too you don't take winning too serious, and you don't take losing too serious. you kind of try to stay in the middle because that way you survive and you go through life and you you know even though you're in the middle you're not trying to I feel like not trying to be too cocky or be too down
2: you know when I worked with uh, the Royals in 1990 uh, it was I was one of the first full time sports psychologists in baseball and got to spend a lot of time with you know a lot of great guys you George Brett Bo Jackson Frank White Tom Gordon, Brett Saberhagen, Mark Gubazal, a lot, a lot of guys I got to know quite well. And I, I, I appreciated the fact that I was able to be around all you guys and you accepted me uh, you know, as part of the team. And it became something that, that became a, a very positive influence on my career. I, I have fought for years to get people to accept sports psychologists as, a, as an important component of sports. There's still a lot of resistance to it. There's still a lot of people that don't believe in it. There's still a lot of people that don't understand. I always like to say you can have two athletes who are physically the same, but the one with the stronger mind is the one who will come out on top. What's your opinion about you know sports psychologists, Willie, working with teams? At whatever level, give us your opinion on that.
1: Well, I think uh, sports psychology should be at uh, every level um, in order for – because – for the kids to get better, first of all, when they're young. And then secondly, I think that even in the major leagues, uh, as you know, you and I, we talked a lot. And then in the major leagues, it's not like it's a, it's a game anymore. It's a business. And there's there's things that the guys want to do, and guys have stuff they want to achieve. And so sometimes, you know, you get into a rut of negativity and you need someone there that's biased and in the middle, and they're just there to make you better. So... Uh, I really like it, man. I think it should be there. But you're always going to find some people who think that, I guess, you're not a man, whatever that means, uh, because you got somebody helping you. Well, boy, that's dumb if that, they're going to make you better. So
2: well, anyway, I
1: think it should be everywhere.
2: Yeah, well, thank you. I, I, I wanted to get your, your view on that because – you know, you did spend a lot of time with me. You, under, you understand the importance of it, and I think it's one of these situations that, like I say, you can have two athletes who are physically the same. The one with a stronger mind will come out on top, and there are a lot of ways to develop that. Listen, it's been really enjoyable talking to you this morning. It's, it's a lot of insight. And I, you know, if if you had one message for parents, Willie, as a parent and as, a, you know, somebody who who had really a Hall of Fame type of career, you you. Where if anybody who's a Kansas City Royals fan remembers you and remembers the the excitement you brought to the game. What would what, what would be the message you like to leave everybody with?
1: Oh man, just uh, you know, as a parent, enjoy your kids, enjoy the sport that they choose, and then just let them uh, play, and then encourage them, and uh, be positive with them. And uh, as a person, it's just uh, in life, it's the same thing. Just uh, be thankful and uh, help each other out.
2: Tell us a little bit about what you're doing with your life right now before we wrap things up today. Tell us everybody where you're at with things.
1: I was in Kansas City uh, when I retired for the longest time. I moved to Toronto for a little bit. Came back to Kansas City uh, for December of uh, last year, and I have moved to Arizona. And uh, I occasionally go back to Kansas City now and then to do some uh, TV. And... uh, Called the Blue Zone, and then I've I've done the uh, Negro League Museum luncheons, and uh, I still, uh, you know, do a few things in Kansas City. But I'm old now, Andy, so uh, you know the (laughs) coal really gets in my bones, and uh, so being here in Arizona has really uh, gave me a little bit of uh, life and uh, playing golf and having some fun, man, and trying to enjoy life.
2: Well, Willie, thanks for joining me today. I appreciate it a whole bunch. If anyone wants to listen to this show, our shows are podcasted here at Sports Radio 10 WHB. They're podcasted on my website at winnersunlimited.com. You can follow me on Twitter at, at DRJ Sports psych, And you can always get a hold of me at my office. My office number is 816-561-5556. This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
0: You've been listening to the Sports Psychology Hour. For more information, go to winnersunlimited.com.
2: I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development, our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're
0: interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio.
4: Visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal.
5: Hi, Grandma. What's for dinner? Hey, honey, I'm making stew tonight. Ooh, can Nina come over? I'm not sure about our new friend. I wonder if there's been any drinking going on. Alcohol at her age can lead to so many bad things. I've been meaning to ask you, what would happen if someone offered you a drink? Grandma? This is hard, she's so young, but I know I need to talk to her about it now before someone tries to give her alcohol. If anyone ever does offer you a drink, I want you to say no. I have too much respect for my family and I don't want to get in trouble. Okay. Really? I promise, Grandma. I love you too. Okay, how about tasting this stew and telling me what you think?
0: Mmm.
2: Some children may try alcohol as young as nine years old. It's not too early to talk about drinking. For tips on how to begin the conversation, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. That's underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This message brought to you by SAMHSA and this station.